What up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 74. Today, I have a friend on the show. Erica Stanley Dotton is on the show. If you don't know who Erica is, you need to go to Instagram. You need to check her out. You also, while you're on Instagram, make sure you follow at the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, and you'll also be able to see her link and her uh, handle there. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But Erica is doing great things in the community, great things in the industry, and she is also a 301 marathoner and a 122 half marathoner. Erica is chasing the list, and the list that I speak of is the very short list of black American-born women who have run under three hours. Uh, That list, I think, is at maybe 25 or 26 women so far in history. Uh, And Erica with a 301 last year, or this year, I'm sorry, uh, is on her way to becoming a member of that list, that prestigious uh, not long enough list. So we talked about that. We talked about uh, black folks and black women in running. We talked about balance and family. We talked about all things that just popped up in our heads because that's what friends do in a cool conversation. So please check out this episode. Well, you're here now. Thank you for being here. Let me know what you think. I love it. I love Erica. So hopefully you will too. Let's get into it. Hi, Tommy. I'm good. good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm excited because like, I mean, I've everybody that I have on the show is really nice and cool, but like, not too often do I have like a background with them and like met them like a couple of years ago by now. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy to have you on. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I've never actually done this with someone I know either. So this is. Oh yeah. Cool. So it's like, it is kind of like, okay, what you going to ask me? We already yeah. already know. <laughs> um, so what let's like, let's just start from the beginning though, because um, I want to like work through like your journey. And then I also want to, you know, cause I feel like, I may be speaking at a turn here, but I feel like our journeys have like in the beginning, they meant something different or meant a lot less than they maybe do now that we were having, you know, families and uh, older and dealing with issues in you know society and stuff like that. So I really want to eventually get to the end of this, not the end, but the current part of, part of your journey, but we'll go way back and then just start with like how running became a thing for you and when. Well, I mean, I've always run. I mean, obviously, I've been running since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I was a track athlete all through high school, all through college. Um, I was a sprinter, actually, mm-hmm. and, you know, made my way to long distance running somehow. But, yeah, I've always loved to run. I mean, it's been a mm-hmm. part of my life as far back as I can remember. Um, and I ran track. I, I was a quarter miler in college, you know, kind of hung up the spikes after that. Just, you know, tired. Yeah trying to do other things with my life, you know, being in my 20s, moving back to New York, trying to figure it out. And, you know, but I would run. I would run just to stay in shape, you know, be active, you know, three, four or five miles here and there. Um, and it wasn't until like, two, you know, the mid O's, 2000s, where, you know, I was a friend, you know, I was in my 30s, you know. I like that. I like that, the mid O's. <laughs> yeah, the mid O's, the aughts, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was in my thirties, you know, hanging out, like, you know, running with friends um, a lot more. And one of them was training for the 20, 2007 New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I was interested. You know, I, I, I would cheer it every year. It passes through my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Clinton Hill, the best part of the course, mile eight. Um, right, right. And so I've always been a big part of my life, obviously. But yeah, so, you know, being out there cheering for someone specifically, you know, that year, I was like, oh. I could do that. You know, I'm, I'm super competitive. So I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I can, I can train for a marathon. Why not? You know? And something just yeah. clicked. I just was like, I want to do this. And so I trained myself. I downloaded a little plan off the internet, um, registered through a charity, I think, cause it was already too late yeah. to get there. Yeah. And yeah. like next, the next year, 2008, I ran my first marathon. I trained myself. I still was like, I'm going to run under four hours. Cause that's what everybody was talking about. You have to break mm-hmm. four hours, your first marathon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I really didn't do anything over four or five miles during the week. And then I maybe did a couple 20 mile runs, you know, yeah. and I ran a 406. So that was, right. it. I was, oh. I was, I was, that was it. I was hooked. So I was also mad cause I didn't break four hours, but then I was hooked. And so then that kind of started my long distance running. Uh, so, know, but so when, so when you first, you know, came, so like, let's just, so you started running like in middle school ish. Yeah. Right. Um, but just talk to me about that though, because like, I mean, I think a lot of us, when I say us, I mean, black folks, you know, in America, um, a lot of us start 
running around that time in track and field or, you know, specifically on the track. Yeah. Um, not so much cross country as right. much, but talk to me about like how, what that was like for you starting to run and what made you like start running and why'd you, why'd you love it? And then, um, then we'll just kind of go from there and, and get yeah. to back to where we are now. Well, oddly, you know, I started out in cross country. I mean, we, we would, okay. you know, in middle school, it was funny. Like that was the only running we did. We just did like these cross country races in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, and so I wasn't even introduced to the track, to be honest, until I got into high school. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've always had, I've had I have runners in my family. My mom ran. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, family of athletes and, and, and you know, pretty active people. So it wasn't, it was pretty normal to, to be active and to be an athlete. But yeah, I mean, started out with cross country, just running around the gym for practice. And then we right. go out to the park and race, you know, it was like a mile and a half races and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, most kids are actually, you know, I wouldn't say steered, but like, you know, when you first start running, especially in New York, like, mm-hmm. and I was a little black girl, like, you know, we're put into the sprint. So put on the track, you know, right. we're running class. And so my introduction was actually a little different, which now makes sense, right? Because it kind of came full circle. But um, yeah, and then I was introduced to the track and we, we made it, I mean, I think it was initially, I love to run. I love yeah. to run, I love to race. You know, I was the kid at the camp, you know, trying to beat everybody in the relay races, <laughs> like, you know, definitely competitive right. all the whole life, right? Before middle school. But yeah. I think that was my first experience with like formal formalizing it. And so, and I loved it. Like I loved the idea of practicing and then going yeah. out and racing and like the competition, like, you know, I think that really, you know, spoke to me as a kid. And then like, so as you kind of like progressed in the sport, um, what was that transition like as you got older and, um, you know, in as a, you know, as a, from middle school to high school, like body starts changing, needs start changing as a woman. Like, how does that, how did that transition work for you all the way through like to, you know, the senior year in, in high school? It was, it was, I mean, track held me down. I mean, you know, there's a few things that were going on, you know, when I turned 13, apparently lost my mind and was a, horrible 13 year old girl and (laughs) my mom that's actually how I started running track with my you know then mentor um one of my one of my mentors Fred Thompson but my mom you know recognized at the when I was 13 I was like okay she needs somewhere to be after school every day something to do like not gonna end well so (laughs) admittedly and she saved it you know so she walked me right around to Pratt which is right around the corner from our house at the time my coach, Fred Thompson, had just come back from the 1988 Seoul uh, Olympics. He was an assistant coach in the oh, Seoul South Korea Olympic team. Yeah. No, and he, no. he had coached, you know, Olympians, world champions um, at the Adams Track Club. And it happened to be right around the corner from my house. And so my mom. Oh, that's you know, major key. Yeah. She was. Wow. She she was like me. Like, you know, she was so totally resourceful. Like she was. Oh, no, I'm taking her right over there. Yeah. Um, walked me around there. I met him. And, you know, he was, he's big time, but he was right in our neighborhood, you know, so he was like a neighborhood guy, Yeah. Um, but he founded the Colgate Women's Games. He was coaching at the time, Diane Dixon, who was a world indoor 400 champion. Wow. Cheryl Toussaint was a 1972 Olympian. I mean, he, big time, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, she walked me over there and the team had, had gotten smaller by then. So, you know, he, 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 he welcomed me in, you know, that first day I just sat there and watched them. I was like, well, this is, this is kind of intense, you know, way yeah, more intense yeah. than I was like, mm. And then, you know, she, she had me, she made me keep going, keep going. And there was times when I was just like, mm, I don't know about this. Uh, you know, I definitely wanted to do my own thing, right. but I stuck with it. And that's kind of how I got into, you know, like serious training, serious mm-hmm. competing. And, you know, Coach and Freddie basically changed my life. You know, he was like a third parent to me. So like I spent so much time with him and every day meets and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, far back as that that's when I was actually introduced to track and and really competing you know on the track um mm-hmm. in high school like I was a freshman in high school and then uh what what college did you go to because you know I you ran to, I went to Georgetown University okay. um he you know Freddie was was big I mean that was the whole point of the program really he was like you know yeah Olympians great haha but you know it's really about getting into college and like you know at the high school level it's like yeah and if you can get a scholarship obviously you know a lot of the girls on the team you know that was the goal right to get yeah. a college scholarship so yeah he helped me and i ended up going to georgetown on a scholarship and i ran you know the 400 was my race but you know down to the 100 up to the 800 um yeah. but most of the sprints yeah that's that's so i mean that's so dope i mean because i know um i mean there's a lot of sp- sports and situations where like 
if you get the right person in your life, they're like, hey, you know, um, like you said, Olympics, yeah, cool. If that, if that that's a thing for you, that's awesome. But don't lose sight of like the opportunity that, you know, that running or whatever sport really that could could afford you. I mean, because I think that's where sometimes that you hear you know, we like the hoop dreams vibe, you know, where it's like I'm going to the NBA. And then, you know, if that doesn't happen, then you just lose like all the you, you don't have that secondary goal of like, hey, you know, honestly, if I can play basketball somewhere a little different than I wanted to. I could still go to, I can go to college, get a good education, but that's really cool that you had somebody in your life that was like, main goal is school, you know, and you know, if, if whatever happens after that is, is, you know, all gravy, you know, yes, 100%. Yep. And so like when you went to, when you went to college, so it, right around then, so when, when you were in high school, was it like, what was the makeup of the team? Was it like, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of people that looked like you or was it just kind of mixed up? And then what about college? Yeah. So no, I mean, it was, I mean, it was pretty diverse. So, well, first of all, I went to a private high school. So that was yeah. the first thing. And so, you know, being in, in New York city, the big league, the sports league is the PSAL, the public school athletic league. And so mm -hmm. that's where all, you know, the competition and the, and the, and, and everybody ran for, you know, the private school league wasn't, super competitive, right? It was like we were there, you know, I, it was, it was a pretty diverse team because I went to an international school. So that was cool. Um, my first coach, um, she was our, also our gym teacher, um, black woman and name is Valerie. And yeah. And so I would run with them on the high school level. Just, I would just compete. Like I would, I would go to the practices once a week, but I was already training seriously in Brooklyn mm -hmm. with Freddie and the Adams. And mm -hmm. so really the high school meets were a way just to kind of get out there and flex and like, you know, I'd be winning everything and like being happy. And then like yeah. that was one year I got beat my freshman year. And I was like, Oh, like I mean, my sophomore year, I was like, Oh wait, I got to actually Work. start like getting serious about this. You know? I, 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 yeah. I got to stop. I got to stop eating burgers on the right. weekend. <laughs> but then I competed against all the public school girls at Colgate. So Colgate yeah. women's games was like a huge endorsement. Yeah. And they yeah. just, they just finished their 47th season. Um, it's the longest indoor track series in the country that many people don't know about. It's in New York. Um, and it was right at Pratt, right around where my, where my mom walked me to meet Freddie. And so there was where I got all the competition. Like I could be, you know, that's citywide and even up and down the East coast really. So I still got, you know, able to, I was able to compete at that level, um, yeah. you know, from a very young age. And then, so when you went to college, like, what was that, what was that like? I mean, what was it? big you know big fish small pond small pond you know small fish big pond like how that how was that vibe when you, you went know there? interestingly enough like so georgetown at the time you know georgetown was known as a middle distance school for, most, for mm -hmm. the most part right okay. they 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 trained you know half milers and up right yeah. Yeah. i was part of probably the second or third second actual the second recruiting class of sprinters so they mm -hmm. were making a concerted efforts to get sprinters in there so yeah. it wasn't you know it, it wasn't like a school that you'd be like, if you thought sprinter, you're, you're not thinking Georgetown, right? If you're right. a top sprinter in my yeah. day, you're talking about Texas, you're talking about yeah. Tennessee, yeah. LSU, you know, Alabama, like those were the, you know, um, those were the big sprint schools. And so Georgetown mm -hmm. was not, but, you know, I went to visit, you know, I loved it. My family is from DC. So my mom was from DC. So my family's there, you know, it was, it was close enough to New York. Uh, I love the campus environment. Um, you know, I took a couple other visits too. I went to UNC, almost went to Carolina, um, but I didn't like the big, that, that was a huge school, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Was smaller. I didn't, I didn't like that it was like a track, you know, program. We had our own cafeteria and then, you know, the yeah. track, I wanted to kind of be with the people, you know, like, right, with, right. And, and, you know, it's so funny when you think about yourself as a 17 year old, cause like, I definitely am still like that now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, it was, Definitely Georgetown just like spoke to me. And so, and then I knew people there already. So obviously that was, that was a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty diverse team. Cause like I said, like they bought us, they bought in a whole class of, you know, there were a few of us sprinters that they bought in. And then there were a couple of other upperclassmen who were also sprinters. So we had a good little group even coming in my freshman year. So that was cool. And then, so like, as you, you know, after, after you graduated, you know, you finished, you know, you ran through, ran through college, but um, so like after, um, I know you said that you were in your thirties by the time you kind of came back around to running. Um, what was that like journey like for you? I mean, I know that there's, there's a ton of people that like, you know, run in high school, college, and then just like kind of detach from it. And it, it's not a, 
it's not it's not like a part of their lives anymore. It's just something that they did. Um, so how did you come back around to to running again? I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but um, kind of go into that though for us. Yeah, I mean, you know, in my twenties, you know, I was hanging out, working, you know, doing my thing. Like, you know, running wasn't a big part of my life. It just wasn't. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, exercising in general. Like, I would do, you know, little things at the gym. Like. But yeah. I think probably somewhere around my mid twenties, mid to late twenties, you know, I lost someone really close to me, and like, I think running started becoming. I started doing longer runs, and like, you yeah. know, that became, you know, a, a moment in my life where I mean, I always had track, but like the distance thing, like running longer than a few miles, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't ever a thing. And so I yeah. started just like going out, doing three miles here, four miles there. I would go to the you know parks and and jog around, and so I think that's kind of when. I started, you know, just sort of experimenting. Um, so, so you're, so you're kind of at the time it was kind of using it as like a mental health type yeah, of tool. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally, totally. And you know, and and, and really, running's always been that for me. I mean, you know, my so my mom actually died when I was 16, and so this is like a few years after she, you know, got me into running. And so, yeah. you know, she, you know, I always I always say like that her doing that for me and now as a parent like I completely get it because she was just like okay I'm gonna set this up and she's gonna have this and like and I did and it saved me you know in a lot of ways and so you know it's always been there for me in that way um but you know without track without running like I felt you know looking back like all the different stages of my life like having something else to focus on has been everything um up until now right so I, um, yeah, so I started just jogging around, you know, runs got longer and longer, I think. And then it was just kind of like, oh, you know, if you told me I could run eight miles at one point or seven miles. And I think I was on a treadmill one time at the gym and I was like, (laughs) I was on it and I was just kept running. And before I knew it, I looked up and it was an hour, an hour had gone by and I had run like, you know, six or six and a half, seven miles. I was like, oh, like that was the first time. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Okay. That's just just crazy to me though, that like like the disconnect between like what you were doing, like half your life, you know, like running um, and to, to think that you'd say later, like, Oh wow. I just ran six and a half, seven miles. Like it seems like you would just be like, of course I did, you know, but there's like the disconnect between like track and, and that. And also sprinting, right. Our, you yeah, know, yeah. We, we, I joke about this. Sprinting, yeah. Coach and like, yeah. Cause sprinters, our workouts aren't long. They're just intense, yeah. right? Like we would jog a mile, one mile, and then we would do our thing yeah. and then cool down, you know, cool down. But like, it was short, right? We didn't yeah. run anything over a few miles at a time. Yeah. So like yeah. the idea of running more than that was a big deal, right? Yeah. So yeah, but it is interesting how track and distance is such a big, you know, separation for sure. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I posted a, a video on, on, on uh, YouTube like, a year ago or whatever mm-hmm. and it, it was just like a quick little thing and it said 10 times 500 meters um followed by like something else right mm-hmm. and i thought that that i didn't think anything about it i it was i was just gonna it is what it is but like it the the video went crazy because all these track people uh sprinters most likely were like 10 times 500 <laughs> like what and like, people were like yo, people were like yo if my coach said that i'd walk off i'd walk off i'm quitting the team <laughs> And then this that's not that like, crazy though. Come on, like I, I mean, but for I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you that there's no comment in there that says anything about me. It's just about the ten times five hundred meter. And I thought they were gonna be looking at the shoes like that. I posted it about the shoes. Right. No one said anything about my shoes. It's just all it's about the ten times five hundred. Yeah. I mean, we do quarters. I, I remember doing eight to ten by four hundred or like. Yeah. Somebody. This the, the ten times five really did not sit well with the with the track sprinter. Probably hundred meter sprinter, you know, because the quarter yeah. mile talk about the hundred meter, two hundred meter people too. Because you know, I love the two hundred, but like right. their workouts are definitely different than ours. Because four hundred is grueling; like you got to be yeah. strong to run a four hundred. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, but that's still kind of it's still like that's why I thought like if you're doing four hundred, eight hundred, I figured that like because I, I, I when I got into running, it was all about the longer distance. I mean, right. I didn't. I, I started at thirty or something like that so it's like you know i was just everything was longer distance at least you know it was always one two three four five miles or whatever it was and so like to hear you think to say that like you know that six was a big deal i'm like oh like that just never registered to me you know yeah yeah. um so like so after you did after you kind of like started getting up to these these higher mileages when your 2007 came around and you saw your friend was running it um, what was that journey like to say, like, 
I, you said I could do this. Oh, that that seems kind of interesting. What was that process like of like taking it from something you did every now and then um, just to feel good and mental health to I'm going to start training for something? I think it was it was, you know, watching a marathon. Like I've always watched the marathon, but mm -hmm. I think I, I hadn't, there was very few times in my life, maybe as a kid, but not as an adult, where I was actually cheering for someone specifically to run the yeah. marathon. I think that's what changed the way I looked at it. Like I said, I always watched it, but like looking for someone, cheering for them, knowing, you know, I'd run with him during his training. Like, mm. you know, it was like, it was a different kind of energy that day for me. Yeah. And I was standing out there and then I see him, he's so excited. And like, I think it was just the hype of it, but also yeah. like I saw what he, the work that was put in to, to mm -hmm. get there. And like, then you see all those other people out there. You're like, damn, everybody like trained, like all these yeah. thousands of people train like that to do this that's wild like you know it's like it's almost like a you know a club it's like you want to yeah. be a part of that like that's crazy and it was so dope and like I just thought like yeah like and I like to run like why not like why, why not, not? It? yeah no yeah that's that is kind of like it is kind of cool to the, to like you do, when you first start running you're not you're not like looking at like racing like that you know yeah, you may yeah. see it on tv and it's like oh that's cool whatever I remember like the first the first race I watched that I actually was like mentally like invested in and not just like watching it to see it mm -hmm. was I think it was like 2018 like, um, Boston I think the the year that it rained oh that crazy year yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and don't like I didn't even know I didn't even know who Des Linden was wow. so like when I see him I'm like oh this this lady's strong <laughs> I was like but yeah. then you know it's like so it is kind of cool like you just watch people do this and even if it's at if even if it's at the elite level watching them do this thing that you know much faster than we would but seeing them go through this process and you know maybe i could train something like it yep. and get better yep. um so yep. so when tra so training i know you now and training has gone from like you know like that 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 online little thing that you got or whatever to like super intense like almost like pro athlete level of training that you do now right so and big in between there was a there was a huge in between i mean well, yeah, yeah. well yeah no i mean it that's that's the journey though right yeah totally totally so so when did um when did the infamous black roses come about in your life like because to my listen so from from the outside looking in <laughs> <laughs> black roses is a cult <laughs> Oh, it's 100% a cult. We call, call it a cult too. What do you mean? Okay, good. Because it's definitely a cult. It's a, it's a cult. Yeah, like I feel like you guys, like, yeah, yeah, I can see like you, like the hazing to get in is like the dark. We're, we're to, yeah. We've been working on you for over a year now. What's up? What's up? Hey, man, nobody said, <laughs> nobody said, hey, we want you to be a part of the crew. No, <laughs> you guys ain't trying hard enough. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a cult thing. You're not supposed to ask someone to actually be a part of the cult. We just kind of keep coming around, you know. Yeah, yeah. First rule about Fight Club: <laughs> you don't say anything about Fight Club. Exactly. Um. So, like, you know, you go from like trying to. When did Black Roses become a part of of like who you were trying to be and becoming? And then, talk to me about that journey a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess around. I mean, I ran my, that first race in two thousand eight, and I took a whole nine years off. <laughs> I didn't come back. So. The next year I got married, the next year after that I had my first kid, you know, my first son was born in 2011, then I had another one. So like, I it wasn't until 2017 I came back um, and I had started following, you know, so I have two little kids, you know, I, I was running, I was running halves here and there, stay in shape. Yeah. Um, you know, soon after my kids were born, like, so, you know, I, I was still running out there. Um, and I think around, oh, my husband. So my husband is a runner too. Okay. He ran um, the 2015, 16, seven, no, 2015 and 16 marathons, right? Mm -hmm. So we were out there cheering him on, you know, those years in Brooklyn. And I was just like, wait, hold up. I want to run. I want to run a marathon again too. Like, you know, oh, wow. my kids were still little. It was hard to kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. coordinate. Like it just was impossible, right? <laughs> to train. So it wasn't mm -hmm. until I think around 2016, 16, 17, I started kind of getting a little bit more into it. Like I ran like a 144 half. I was feeling myself. I'm like, oh, I ran 144 half, broke 145. So now, you know, I got to get faster than that. And then, then I started following Knox on Instagram. So I found yeah. him on Instagram, just like many people do, and Black Roses. And I, you know, just started watching and, you know, 
then again, Instagram, little kids, you know, always, you know, looking just from afar, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. I loved the fact that, you know, I, I was just loving what they were doing. You know, there was tons of women on the team, you know, women of color. You know, I was watching my now teammate, Danny, Daniel McNeely, you know, they were out there like doing it, like, and training and like, you know, there was a lot of communication and, and storytelling. And like, I just, I loved all of that. And so yeah. I, um, yeah. And so like, I, once I started following that, it was kind of like, oh, like I, I see it out there. And I was not on the crew scene at all. Like I didn't come right, from right. Nikki Run Club or Bridge Runners. Like I mm -hmm. maybe went to a couple of those kind of group runs, but just to yes. kind of, you know, see what it was like. But I wasn't, I didn't know anything about that scene at all. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, in 2018. So then, oh, so then the big thing was a friend of mine, you know, I was listening to other people. A friend of mine was like, oh, you should try to I ran a three, I broke four hours finally in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine was like, oh, you should try to be cute. So in my age group, I had to run like a 345 at the time to be yeah. cute. I was like, what's yeah. a BQ? He yeah. was like, oh, it's Boston. You can run Boston. I'm like, oh, yeah, Boston. I didn't know anything about Boston. I was just like, what? But yeah. of course, it was a goal and I'm competitive. So I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to qualify for Boston, of course, right? Oh, so, That's only, it's only 15 minutes. <laughs> right, right. Well, how, how, how hard could that be? So I trained myself. I did. I went and downloaded another internet. I was like, I kicked it up a little. I went yeah. and signed up for a nice flat marathon. I ran New Jersey marathon. Um, yeah. And I ran 345. And so it qualified me for Boston. I was like, okay, so now I need a coach. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up going to uh, the Black Roses open sessions and I met everybody there. Oh, that's so, that's so yeah. dope. That's yeah. so dope. Um, so like, okay, so you did all that without a coach and then now, now you're with a crew that is training like crazy. Um, all the, all the new crazy ideas, you know? Um, so what is that like? I mean, cause it takes a lot to, you know, kind of go from, um, you know, when you're first really getting into training like 30, 40 miles a week or less even sometimes to, like 80 90 mile weeks right. um and it's not it's not you know ne necessary i guess like for everyone you know it is what it is but talk to me like how does that how did that work like how did that journey work for you and to build up um and just talk about like the patience and the fortitude and things that it takes for you to to get to where you are because i'm sure at one point if somebody said you were running you're gonna be running 80 miles a week oh, you'd yeah. be like in oh, what yeah. world you right, know right. um how what did that look like for you getting there and and all that yeah when i first joined roses i was just kind of like you know following along the training plan you know i took time off my new york city marathon time like i was getting mm -hmm. faster yeah. um and a couple of the women on the crew were looking at you know they were following this plan that was like 80 miles a week and like you know doing all these workouts i mean they were doing we, we typically had three workouts you know it's like track tempo long run but mm -hmm. they were doing like a lot of mileage in between i was like oh there's no way i could do that i'm too old like there's no mm -hmm. way I literally hurt myself right um and so i was getting by on my you know 50 maybe you know top out at 60 a couple times miles a week but between 40 40 and 50 really yeah. um and then i think uh, I ran Philly, the Philly marathon in 2019. And that was the first time I felt like I was like racing. I was like, Oh, like I, you know, I ran 315 and I was like my fastest ever, obviously. So I was getting faster and then 2020. Right. And so once, once COVID came and the shutdown happened, you know, I think as a way of coping, as a way of, you know, stress relief and just, you know, finding my, you know, finding myself, you know, everybody's home and the kids and school and this and that. Like I started running more, you know, yeah. and just in terms of because yeah. I had the time, right? And I was home. True, true. Um, and you know, Knox and I yeah. was, were speaking a lot then, just like both of us, like, you know, he was and he was kind of encouraging me to like just experiment, like don't mm -hmm. worry about, you know, whether or not you could do it, like just do it and then see, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not that serious. There's no races, like there's literally nothing happening. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like we have these things in our head, like, oh, I could never run that much, but he was just like, This is literally the time to like Try yeah, to see what you can do. And like, and it really came from just me being out there, right? Mm -hmm. and just being, me being out there. And then before I knew it, I was, just, my runs were getting longer mm -hmm. uh, at one time. Um, and then, you know, I'd hit like my first 60 mile, like consecutive 60 mile weeks, right? Mm -hmm. This is all during lockdown. Like you maybe yeah. like spring, summer, you know, into the fall. And then it was like, oh, and then it was like, 
let me see if I can go up to 70, you know, what does that look like? And, you know, and as you know, as a parent and as like a person, you, you have a job and like, it's finding the time too, right? So like you're going out, a 10 mile run is not the same thing as a six mile run, obviously. It's a lot yeah. more time. And like, you know, it, I was using the time that I had to actually get the miles in. So once mm -hmm. I did that, I saw that I could do it. And so then that it was like, okay, this is, yeah. this is and so that started sort of my like, high mileage, you know, journey, if you will. Yeah. Um, and still there was no races. We weren't, you know, there was nothing happening. It was just really more as a way to cope and just get through it. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of just stuck. And then like when we started going into spring of 21, where, mm -hmm. you know, races were kind of coming back, but not really mm -hmm. it wasn't about racing. It was more like just being out there. Like we started getting together again, like a few yeah, of yeah. us you know, to yeah. run and like, you know, and so it kind of set me up to go into, you know, last summer, ready to kind of go get it, you know? And so, you know, I started doing like 70, 80 mile weeks. We have a thing in um, every December in Black Roses, we have a, a, the month of December is the beginning of petty season. We call it petty season because basically it's after the marathons are over before, you know, we hit the winter training cycle and people yeah. are running. And so we come, we compete with each other to get to the top of the leaderboard on Strava. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, petty season was in full swing in 21 and so it was just like trying to get to the top and be everybody every week you know in Strava and so you know it becomes a game but like that really also like just had me out there like running a lot more than I ever had yeah. And, and yeah and like since then you know I started seeing all my times dropping like mm -hmm. everywhere like my paces at practice you know my races like it, it got me into a whole other level of fitness um that I wouldn't even think was possible at my age right, or right. at my ability. Um, right. And so that's, yeah, I mean, for me, it's not for everyone, obviously, but that right. for me, that was the game changer for sure. Yeah. And, and I actually was, I kind of witnessed some of the, uh, the, uh, the petty season. Vibe. <laughs> and um, I, often I think I would see uh, Captain Petty himself. Up oh, on, the on original, the king of petty. Okay. Knox was on the top of that list a couple of times. All the time. Um, All the time. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, we're really trying like, to, right. it, to be honest, and it was never—it never happened, by the way. Like, yeah, like just like, do a random like thirty-mile run really quick just to jump back up. Like, oh, I just you know like before I came, they tell a story, an infamous story of him literally going out on Christmas Day for a second run because he was at the top of the list, but he was going to get to the top of the list for that end of that week. <laughs> yeah, like I f I felt bad like times when I like went outside in the, at at night just to get like. Point ten five or point one five in just to just to get to like the eighty or the nine you know whatever it was the not I mean and and it's it's like it Strava doesn't really matter but it kind of does you know kind of so you just yeah. kind of have to do it you know and if you like yeah when you see people like do like a a seven point nine eight mile run it's like yo. <laughs> What were you doing? Like you exactly. couldn't do like the next twenty steps. It's also based on your mood, right? I mean, well, Strava will play you sometimes if you don't. They'll, yeah, they'll, yeah, you gotta. Or your Garmin will play you out. But like, also, it depends on your zone, right? There's times when I'm like done. I'm over yeah. it. Like no. I am stopping my watch at seven point eight. I do not care. I'm going. This to workout. House. This workout is done. We're done, right? And then there's times when you're like, oh, I gotta go get that extra point four. Like what? Like you yeah. know. Yeah, it. trust me. I've yeah. There's yeah. When you get those high high mileage weeks, it's, it's like if the workout was mapped out and you did the workout right and you did your cool down. I don't care what the end of it says. It's gonna be point something because totally. I, I ain't doing it. Totally. Um, but so you um kind of like you you had a really great you know twenty or after twenty twenty you did all the miles in twenty twenty one you kept going with that same in that same vein. Yeah. 2022 has been pretty dope for you when it comes to times, right? So, cherry. From the end of 21, I mean, I would say too, like, I, you know, after. Yeah, London, you know, right. Going into the summer of 21, trained hard. I had a little injury. You know, I did have a hamstring injury over the summer. Mm -hmm. um, but when going into London, though, still was training at a much higher level. So, you're at, we're in 2021. I hadn't trained for anything since 2019, right? So, this mm -hmm. is still two years later. And I was at a. Yeah completely different level than I was two years before. So yeah, like going into that fall, um, you know, was a big thing, like going into London, feeling the way I felt and like, oh, like, you know, I ran a 307 in London. Um, but then, yeah, that set me up to kind of come back 
into the spring leading up to Boston because my first Boston was 2019 too. And so I was like going back, I was like, okay, I knew what to do. I was like, I got to chain, I got to get on these hills. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to go hard. And so, yeah, like I think, you know, looking back now, I was just kind of like on one, like from fall 21 through this past season, really. Well, I mean, it shows. I mean, so because you had February, March, and April, you you PR'd or you did, you know, I'm not sure if you PR'd the uh, the 10 mile distance, I did. but I did. You, know, you PR'd three months in a row. So you did mm-hmm. the Cherry Blossom 10 uh, and you won first place Masters, mm-hmm. uh, which with a PR. And then you yeah. did uh, NYC half in yeah. uh, in March, yeah. the 122 26 PR. Yep. And then gets back to Boston two years later. Wait, three years later. Yeah, like, so 2020 didn't even happen. Like, hey, yeah, can't my mask. 2020 didn't even happen. Um, right. uh, and then so Boston, uh, 301.56 last last month now. Yep. So, yeah, so whatever you're doing is working. And I think it's really cool. I mean, because you mentioned a couple times, like, that, you know, your age. And you talked about, like, well, you were surprised at just like the mileage maybe that you could do or couldn't do or whatever because of age. Yeah. And that was a couple of years ago, three years ago now when you first like had that thought. Yeah. So like how, you know, what do you attribute like the longevity of that? I mean, cause you are doing much more than you thought you could do. Yeah. Um, and it's, imp- it's important because if somebody was to go now and say like, I want to do, you know, 80 mile weeks or whatever without, Jeez you know, the proper thought or, you know, you know, a concept behind it. Mm-hmm. Injury is guaranteed to happen, burnout or whatever. You're not going to show up three months in a row in PR. So just like, what's your thoughts on like how you've been able to balance and then maximize like all that you're doing to like actually happen on race days? I think, um, well, first to even go back, like, I think, you know, thinking <laughs> how I was even able to consider doing it. Right. You know, obviously talking mm-hmm. to Knox, um, and he's a master's runner as well. And then there was someone, um, a woman named Ingrid Walters, who you all mm-hmm. know of, um, out in LA. And you know, I started. We start. We became friends after she popped that for uh, two forty seven in Chicago. I think back in yeah. twenty eighteen. And yeah. that was when I just joined Roses. I was like, oh, who's this woman? <laughs> I was like, hold on, we out here yeah. running. 47 in our 40s hold on yeah. so like you know and she, and we got friendly and she was explaining to me her training she was doing 100 mile weeks right back mm. then in her 40s well into her 40s and I was like damn like so I think in my head like seeing her out there seeing Knox out there knowing what he had done like in the past and what he was doing then like knowing that people were actually out there doing it mm-hmm. and at my age I was like oh okay and it's like the representation thing right like seeing it happen definitely gave me the 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 cur- the confidence that I could do it right and so um yeah and then leading into this fall into the spring you know it's like I, I kind of think about it and Knox and I talk about this all the time it's like the zone right when you're yeah. in the zone and I watched him get back in his zone right and he was running straight hundreds for like three four months straight and like yeah. when you're in that zone it's like it's not about when you're if you're gonna run it's about when it's not about how it's about you know it's not about why it's about how like it's like your your brain is not even thinking about any of the blocks you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it was i just did whatever i needed to do and and you know and i was I, obviously i set up my life so that you know i'm fortunate enough to have help with the kids and like mm-hmm. i have you know time you know my husband helps me and like he understands this journey cuz he has a different relationship with running like he's not at all interested in like, you know, running, he, he runs like 5 a.m., clear his head before work and that's it, he's good, mm-hmm. you know? But like, he understands this competitive part of me that wants to be out there and better in training and getting faster and all that. So yeah, I mean, without, like I have the support, um, which I'm fortunate enough to have. And yeah. then, yeah, just with being in the zone, like I, I just like went into something, you know? I'm still there, I guess, in a lot of ways, but it's just like, so that was different than any other sort of cycle. And then I noticed how I was going into race day feeling totally different like you know before I was in that zone before I'd done all that work mm-hmm. you know you're, I mean you're always nervous right but going into right, race, right. like it was a different kind of nervous it was like antsy like yo I'm ready to go I'm ready to go like I'm ready to get out there and like let's yeah. do like see what let's let's see what's gonna happen you know I know yeah. the line is what it is but like let's see what we got you know what I mean and so that was a different than being like oh you know I'm gonna get out there and like you know be afraid oh. or be afraid to run out fast or what any of that stuff you know what I mean now it's yeah. just like it's, it's time to go so I know yeah, that's it, the difference. 
And then, and then for you know the way that you guys go about, you know, especially watching on Strava and Instagram and so, and all that stuff, um, the way that you go about these high mileage, you know, weeks um, is a lot of a lot of easy, a lot of easy run, a lot of uh, easy effort, you know, with you know within whatever, you know, and because I think a lot of times we, especially newer, you know, runners, um, we have like this tendency to like call easy something that's maybe closer to like a more of a moderate pace um, yeah. just because today we feel like it's easy. Um, but someone that's, you know, that like you, you've done all these crazy mile weeks, week after week racing in the middle of it, you know, no taper going into some of these, uh, some of these races in, in February, March. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you go about like gauging um the like the glue like the easy miles like is the glue between the workouts so how do you end up gauging that because there's some days where you probably feel so amazing that like 7 30 would be easy right. for you you know yeah. how do you how do you manage that um that's a good question i think i mean i go by feel a lot like mm -hmm. you know my my if I, I you know the wonderful thing about strava is like that's my addiction but that's my journal right because i'm not mm -hmm. as diligent as you know to have a journal which i should but um i look back at old training cycles and like my easy recovery days have actually gotten slower. Like I've gotten slower on those runs, but oh, everything, else, yeah, but everything else has gotten faster by a lot. And so I gauge it by feel, um, you know, there's days, you know, Knox definitely tells us like, you know, he tells me, he'll tell me like, no, you don't want to be out there, you know, running 730 pace just cause you can every, every other day, even if you feel good, like he, he's, yeah, actually, he's actually, a proponent of slowing down, like slowing yeah. yourself down and like taking an easy day easy so that you can level up when it comes down to the workouts. And so that yeah. was something that I had to get used to because yeah, like some days you feel really good. You're out there, yeah. the weather's nice. Like you want to, you know, go out and like, you know, but I will say like for me, like because with the high mileage, I didn't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, I yeah. Am, it levels itself out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm jogging today and tomorrow. Like, you know, so. Like, like I don't have to run fast? Okay, I won't. Like, I was like, no problem, right? Yeah. So I think that's the other thing about the high mileage, though. It really does yeah. force you to kind of like chill because, you know, you're, you're running a lot. You know, it's yeah. a lot of running. You can't, everyone can't be fast. Every workout can't be amazing, you know. Um, yeah. And then the racing was something that he actually also pushed us to do. You know, we, you know, he's out in LA and he he was jumping in all kinds of races, cross country, this and that. And we were back here in New York just training. He was like, y'all need to get in some races. What are y'all doing? Like you have to get in there to 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 I mean the whole routine from signing up to like yeah. getting to the starting line, you know, you know, obsessing about it and like, you know, figuring out your fuel and getting, you know, getting the butterflies going. Yeah, yeah. That is important preparation. And it is, it really is. And so that's how we we're like, okay, let's just get out there. <laughs> and because I like, I mean, I like what you said, because like, because I know the reason why I ask is like, the feel, it's like running on feel, you know, like, because that could, to it's like two-sided, like, because, you know, running on feel from an educated standpoint, like yours, I mean, because you did a couple of years of just of no training, but a lot of high mileage runs. So, you know, like there's, there's a, you feel you can i feel when i'm going at an easy pace not based on like i go out the door and just run on feel and however i feel is how i run right but you're you're gauging it on like okay like i have 80 miles to do this week and today's an easy day so on feel i'm gonna pull this way back you know like as i've you know, earlier I, I, in my journey i'm like i saw people say like they run on field i'm like okay cool well today i feel like 7:30 or 7:15 is my easy for this right. six mile run because right. six mile. I mean, some people a certain right. pace six mile runs seven whatever is fairly easy, but that collective and cumulative fatigue of like a training block, you're running all your easy runs or a bunch of your easy runs on this feeling of like I feel good today, just can add up to like a disaster at the totally. end. Totally, um, totally, totally. Yeah, so, it's, it's important to like, and, and, and what feel is too, right? It changes different for everybody on different days, right? And mm -hmm. it's like, also, I think it's the awareness, right? It's an awareness. And, and yeah. it's like, awareness. that's why having, you know, a mindfulness practice and like being aware of how you're feeling even, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, 
you know, we all psych, we're runners, right? We psych ourselves out too. It's like, you know, there's a lot of other factors. Like if it's nice outside and you feel amazing, cool. But if it's, you know, the weather is crap the next day, like you're not going to feel so amazing. So is it the weather or is it you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have yeah. to kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it requires a level of awareness. I think that like, you know, you have to pay attention to all of it. The, yeah. the marathon training to me requires like everything. Yeah. Say, so, yeah, yeah, awareness and control, you know, like, cause yeah, yeah like cause awareness that, um like my friend you know you know aaron he said something one time like you have to be um you have to be aware but not affected right you know like you know like know that because in a race sometimes you're not paying attention you'll be on a hill for a mile like a slow gradual rise and you just think like today ain't my day you know because in your you if it's not this steep hill sometimes we just like we're like man i'm trash today this sucks and then you happen to look back and you realize you've been going uphill all this time so be a, very aware of your surroundings be aware of the miles you have to do in the week be aware of the weather yep but then don't be affected by it like so on a really great day you know downhill oh there he goes aaron checked in he said hey hey y'all um you know you don't want to be you don't want to be so crazy where it's like oh this is a beautiful day so i'm gonna go essentially maybe mess up my workout tomorrow because I'm, you know, whatever, going crazy. Right. On the nice day. Right. Yeah. 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 I think, again, like I think because of the mileage though, like I'm, I we don't have that issue. I mean, there's de definitely times I'm like, okay, I feel good, but like, you're just always so tired. And so, you know, that you're just like the easy days are like a treat, you know, and I'm just like, yeah. happy to just jog around and like, except I mean, yeah. honestly, we both live in cold weather places and sometimes yeah. you just want to be done. And you want to run fast so you can get home, but like <laughs> um, that happens too, right? Like yeah. it's like I need to be done done running right now. Like um, I have to get home because I don't yeah, want to be here. Exactly. Um, and then, so earlier you 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 mentioned um, you know what attracted you to Black Roses was you know the vibe, but then also the representation that you saw in how it wasn't just you know it wasn't just Black folks. It was you know, the vibe that you, that you know, and, and feel comfortable with. Yep. Um, and in that same line, like there's this list out there yep. of, um, of black women that have run under three hours. Yep. And over the last couple of years, or especially really the last year, it's been very like up in, in the, in the forefront of people's minds. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like it's definitely on y'all mind. When I say y'all, I mean, black roses for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how you've been a big part of of that that journey and that narrative and that you know and in, in that that push so talk to me about like how what that list means to you and to people that you're close to that are also tr trying to get on that list are on that list mm -hmm. training to better get better and better within that uh what does that that list mean to you it means a lot of different things you know i think you know we talk a lot about this you know on the team like this idea of, you know, performance is obviously always at the forefront of everybody's mind. We're or athletes, we're competitors. We, you know, every time you get out there, you want to run as fast as possible, right? right. And, just, and yeah. that's the game. Um, but I think, you know, learning about the list, you know, again, through Knox, who, you know, had been talking about Gary Corbett and his dad, mm -hmm. Ted Corbett. So Gary Corbett's the person who started the list and his father, Ted Corbett, um, is, you know, known as like the godfather of long distance running um, in New York. But, start of New York Pioneer Club um, member. Mm -hmm. So understanding like a lot of the storytelling behind distance running, which, you know, mm -hmm. I learned a lot about being in Roses as well. Mm -hmm. And just the history that we even have in the sport, because, you know, if you talk to anyone, it's like, you know, there's not a lot of black American women or men who in the distance, in the distance running space. Right. And so, I mean, obviously just numbers wise, it's not a lot of us, but on top of that, you know, performing, you know, at, at a certain level, yeah. right? And so, you know, I think for me as a lifelong athlete, that spoke to me in a way that, you know, not about necessarily, you know, beating every other people or whatever, but like, it was more like the, the self-expression, like how fast can you run? Like how fast? Mm -hmm. So this list though um, was intriguing because obviously it's so vast it's, it spans such a long time and mm -hmm. then you know i met marilyn bevins um the first person to break three woman to break three um i met her um when i first joined roses and so i was like so inspired yeah, yeah. and like i was like wow she was doing this back then in 1970s when like there wasn't any super shoes and the cotton t-shirts <laughs> i know 
like, and she was telling me, she was like, you just out there, like, I mean, that's wild to run that fast, right? Yeah, like, and so it was that, it was just thinking about what the what the folks that did it before us, you know, had to contend with, right? And then being a black woman, that's the other thing. And so, and she was that mm-hmm. awesome back then, like she was doing it. And so I think it was like being a part of that legacy, number one, yeah. seeing yourself in there. Um, and then number two, like in our group, you know, obviously what attracted me also to Black Roses was Knox being a black man, you know, a coach. Like, you know, I, Fred Thompson was a black man. Like I, you know, for me and I, you know, I, my coaches in college were white who I love them, you know, too. But like, there was something about that in terms of our community, in terms of our, you know, that felt like family to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's other, there other crews, obviously in New York and clubs and, but like, there was nothing that was speaking to me that way. And I, and I know that's what it was too. And so just being part of that collective, um, and so this list has become sort of like in our group, just about our collective. It's not even at this point, yes, making the list is great, but like, I think it, it's been, it's become a lot bigger for us. Um, it's about, it's about number one, just kind of like the expression, but also each of our own individual journeys to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. And like all of our stories are so different. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's, that's something that we really, really take pride in. Um, we're really proud of it. We're really, you know, excited and support. And we're, you know, we're on different coasts now, but like, you know, our group is still, you know, it, it's something that keeps us bonded. Um, and not the list, but just the training, you know, the training yeah. to get there. And so, and it also, you know, encourage all of us to level up, you know, after I ran Philly that year and one of the other women on the team was like, yeah, I mean, every woman on this team eventually is going to break three hours. And I was like, Okay. Mm. I I'd run I just run three fifteen and thinking yeah. I'm like, in the world yeah. on fire, right? I'm like, there's yeah. no way I'm breaking three. I was like, what pace is that? No way. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like that became real, like went through the training and through all of us training together and like, you know, mm-hmm. really being on this together, which is really for me what it's all about. Like that that's been and, and, and with Knox, like that's been the biggest, I mean, game changer in terms of this marathoning um yeah. journey that we're all on. And then, so at this point, um, the list has, was it like, tw- is it 26? 24. I think Giovanna Fisher um, at Boston was 24. I think we're 24. also 24. Yeah. When I think, I think that's the, I think she's 24. Yeah. Maddox, um, Shrata Maddox was 21 in London, I believe. Uh, and then, um, who was 23? Dyra Hanson. Dyra, Dyra Hanson was 23. 23. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I just think that that's so cool. I mean, Dyra is, you know, She's not affiliated or like, you know, she kind of barely knows you guys, um, probably knows of you for sure, you know. And we've all um, gotten friendly since then. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, girl, like, you know. Well, hey, come on, <laughs> come on in. Right, um, like, it's cool. But, and I mean, it is just crazy to think that like 20, that's only been 24, you know, black women to break three hours in the marathon. And and the cool part about that is, is a bunch of those have come within the last, you know, few years, you know, so I think that, it's you know with groups like y'all and people like you out there pushing it and kind of showing that number one you know uh, race and race doesn't matter like you can you know you you don't have to look a certain way to go out there and do the thing um you don't have to look a certain way to go out there and train and get with a dope squad that helps you get there um but then even also age either i mean because there's so many people like like you that ran in high school and college and then just got detached from it um and have like this machine you know that is just sitting there like that all it needs is like to get back into the sport and run and and turn this turn that back into something dope um so like i honestly like said it the other day i'm like it's gonna it's it's in i think within a couple years there's gonna be there's gonna be you know black females up top up front Mm. you know and you know, you know, born here, ready yep. to go in yep. no shade to like people not, but no, this is what we're talking about, you know? Sure. Sure. And, and I just, I don't know where that comes from and I don't know like where, like how that'll happen, but I feel like with groups like y'all and then, you know, people somehow connecting those, those athletes that go through college yep. and decide like, Hey, I'm just not going to, you know, yep. what am I going to do? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they see people like you and go, Oh, well maybe I could, Maybe I can start this this journey at 22 instead of skipping. Totally, it's like I saw Ingrid. Like I'm at my age, right? The same thing could happen. Exactly, these young people. It's a belief system, right? It's just that's what it is. It's just a belief system, and and I think the more you see it, like we've had women who we know in the community 
who now, you know, are showing mm -hmm. up at more workouts now. You know, they're mm -hmm. like, they were out there yeah. and they're like, oh, I'm watching. Like, they're mm -hmm. seeing possibilities, you know, and we see yeah. it. And like, that, that to me is what it's all about. Like, just to see possibilities and be like, oh, I could actually do that. Like, it's not mm -hmm. about whether you do it or not. It's just that, you know, it's like, you think you can do it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, y'all came here in y'all came here in 2021 to Detroit, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you. I mean, I was gonna say nice, but Knox ain't inspired nobody. You, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just honestly, like your presence around around the group, um, you inspired a couple of people to to start that journey to like you know I can run a marathon. You know, not like not because you made it look easy, not because you just said yeah yeah you could do it, but just right. that you do it and you you put in the work for it. Um, and then you guys show the work too. Like you, it's very transparent, you know, um, and that helps a lot too, because it's not like, yo, she's not like superwoman or anything like that. I mean, she is, but she, you know, she's human as hell, totally. with, you know, kids, a job, um, and still somehow making this thing happen. Um, and I can't wait to see, I can't wait to, like, I want you, can you come back on the show when you get on the list, please? <laughs> Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, no, you got it. You can't go on Sidious Mag or any of these big <laughs> no, podcasts. It's the first stop. Absolutely, first stop is the Running Sleep Show. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I got um, you. <laughs> yeah, but no, this isn't the end. Don't don't hang up on me. But yeah, for sure. Like, keep doing your thing because it's mm -hmm. it's inspiring in so many different ways. Um, and then so we both are rocking. You know this this one company, um, and you are now officially with Tracksmith, right? Yeah. And tell me like what your role is with Tracksmith and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So we're, I'm the new uh, New York city community manager. They call mm -hmm. it. It's basically, I'm, I'm handling all New York city programming events, you know, everything from their hundred days out programming to the New York city marathon mm -hmm. to, you know, different kinds of things for the hair AC members and like uh, the, the ambassadors program. Mm -hmm. And basically they have a pre I mean, they're opening up a flagship here eventually. Um, so overseeing sort of and helping with that, um, assisting with, you know, getting, I said, you know, it's like, it's like the pres Tracksmith's presence is that there's a huge presence here. It's, it's the second biggest market, right? And, and it's New York. So um, for me, it's really about not only maintaining, you know, the support that they have here also already, but that it's also bringing in new people. Like who else in New York? is untapped like who can we you know bring into the fold just in terms of like and and this is through programs it's not just about who's wearing the brand but like i really am trying to you know elevate our runs and like you know put everyone on a training you know on a journey just the same way we do in roses so that like mm -hmm. you know people feel like they're getting something out of it like you know so all those things and and also have fun like you know with it and so that's sort of what i've been charged with here and i'm really excited i just started you know right before boston so you know it's been a lot of just like getting no folks and like you know and then i was able to run boston there and that's where they, everybody is so that was cool but yeah it's it's a great group um small company but like really good people everyone's a runner which i love you know yeah, yeah. and some pretty fast ones too it's like they're just yeah. like casually talking about otqs on slack and i'm like oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Wait, hey man get off here go to the like, right? like i was like oh congrats i think i think that's an otq i'm like okay like, like i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it is fast right like yeah. my, my boss is a 216 215 marathoner just just to let you know yeah exactly it's crazy so but i loved it i love that because it's just, like, so inspiring and like you know it's, it's a good it's a good group of people and I'm, I'm excited to like you know get hands dirty here in new york and like like you know get it cracking and so in so in your in your so you're very familiar with like the ground level the vibes in in yeah. in, in the community yeah. um what can companies in your in your opinion what can companies do um, and we saw a lot of companies react in 2020 and try to, you know, cover some lost ground and, and, um, you know, representation and, you know, in, in wording and all that stuff. Um, what can companies do to continue uh, to push in the right direction so that people of color um, and people of different backgrounds can feel, you know, more welcome or, um, you know, like that this is for them as well? Well, it just has to be with intention, right? Like it has to be, you have to be intentional about it. It can't just be a moment in time. It can't be like, you know, I'm clear that, you know, my being a part of this, like when you think of Tracksmith, most people, even in New York, which I love, like they're not going to expect me to show up, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. But I love that because then it's like, oh, 
oh, okay, this, that's different. You know what I mean? But like, that's intentional. And I think that's how it has to be. And in order for us, people of color, you know, you know how we are. It's just like, you know, seeing other ones of us like out there doing it, like, again, just the same thing with running. This is, this is how it happens, you know? And so I think a lot of, I think companies have to be more, much more intentional, but like in an authentic, right? And like, you know, think about tracks that I love too, is that they're, you know, they truly, truly, truly honor the sport in every way and running and track, I mean, distance running, everything. Like they are, you know, so, so loyal and so, you know, invested in promoting it and, you know, the storytelling and, and in authentic ways. Mm-hmm. That part of it is really impressive to me and also which made me like really, really, you know, like them because it was like you could you can be out there and just like, you know, posting up stories or like content, but like their content always has a backstory, always has something yeah. going on. And I really appreciate that about it. Um, and, and, you know, just keeps the sport alive in a different way, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of that now. And I think more brands could do that a lot, a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that one thing that, you know, being about the being intentional um, to kind of piggyback on what Tracksmith's doing, like, I feel like that, you know, we were on that um, the panel together, which was dope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, just having, I mean, because honestly, you know, like, I didn't realize, but, but like, I thought, I thought it was like an amateur panel. I mean, I guess it technically no, like, was, right. It was like, yeah. like one dude had a two oh nine PR. I guess it was like two ten. Yeah. Girls are like at they're trying to OTQ like the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but That's to crazy. have you know to have you know had just had to have folks like us that also rock with the brand. Um, on that panel, you know, it just shows, you know, the intention to say like, Hey, like we don't want this panel to look like the, all the rest of the panels that we, that we've ever done as Tracksmith or that any other brands are are typically doing. I mean, cause it, it takes an extra step to, to make a panel or a room around running. It takes an extra step or two or three to make it look more like what we want to see. So hats off to them and whoever else is, you know, is doing it the right way. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, I think we're getting there. You know, I think I think New York right now, I feel it feels like the the culture very much is a lot more fluid. It's not necessarily about crews and brands necessarily. It's kind of like I see a lot more people coming together, which I love, too. I think that's what it's about. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about as well. Right. It's the community seeing everyone, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in certain spaces. And so there's there's a lot more of that that I would like to see happening, too, because, then you know, for me, it's like, you know, the brand has everybody has their loyal followers. But mm-hmm. like, really, when we all come together, how much more powerful is that, too? Right. Right? And yeah. so that's something else, you know, that I'm seeing more of, which is great. Yeah, because like because New York's run culture was is very like clicked up. Right. Normally. I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, it is and it isn't because even within groups, like people run with different groups, different times of the week, mm-hmm. like, it's all very, you know, and so, and I'm seeing that more so than just like, oh, I run with, you know, I think for us at Roses, we're probably the most clicked up at, ironically, yeah. like, and we're the smallest and we're probably yeah. the most clicked up at anyone. <laughs> but, they but, like to run with y'all, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, come, come out, but nobody comes out. We're like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Like, look, on a normal day, if I if I was like, hey, come out, I'm like, I need you to know what you're doing first. All the time, all the listen, just no. pull up. Like, no, no. Pull up, this is how, this is what it is. The more people pull up, the more the bigger the group is, and then we we figure it out, right? Like nobody's pulling up, so but we're gonna have open sessions this summer, so we're gonna get some new people, some some new faces, and hopefully, so we have okay. a lot of people talking about it. We'll see. Yo, the thing the thing about <laughs> the thing about y'all is like people have to train to go just to. <laughs> Just to do like a run. Yeah, just to show I up. Yeah. And I got left. I got dusted on every workout. I was just like, all right, I'm going to keep coming back because that's just me, right? Like, you got to do it. You got to I mean, yeah. haze at some point. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all need to call your open sessions easy sessions. <laughs> easy and then sessions. people are like, oh, okay. Well, I not, that's not, not, so not with that. Like, my first uh, open session, we were doing like 300s and, and thousands. Do you think anyone was waiting for me? Please. Like, they were gone. They were not. It was not a game at all. I was no, like, oh, no. okay. Well, that's what I came for, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to talk to Nash. Y'all open sessions don't seem very <laughs> inclusive of my of my. They're of very my inclusive. Do not. I don't feel like I don't feel like I don't feel welcome. Everyone is welcome. All paces welcome. Just come. I don't feel welcome. Um, well, thank you so much, Erica. Um, it's super good to know you. Um, like it's I said so before, fun. you are a super. 
you're very inspirational please 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 keep doing what you're doing like i said as soon as you as soon as you crack that three where, so what where where are you where are you racing next? What's, next what's, what's, well next up is Berlin, most likely. Berlin and then New York. So Oh like that's like yeah. Berlin's the Berlin's the place. Berlin's the place. I mean not I mean okay. not kind of, you know, whatever, but like that's like the course. Like that's we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm just gonna put my head down, train and just get ready like I did for Boston, you know. I mean, that's I mean, where the world, world record is, you know. The world, yep. I'm ready to put the work in, do my thing, you know. I mean, I, I'm confident coming off Boston, obviously, because it's Boston, yeah. but like, yeah. So we're on to the next one. That's All it. Right. You keep doing what you're doing too. Like, I'm, you know, obviously we talk, but like, you know, I'm watching you too, and I'm excited for you to come back and your next yeah, journey yeah. and your next one. Cause I was there for the big one. So I, I I'm yeah, 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 you were out there again too. Like, yeah, you were. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what I would have ran if y'all weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, I was like at every every oh, corner. Yeah, I, oh, you were good. That day. Every you corner good. I needed. Every corner I needed something. There were some words. Y'all was right there. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, but thank you, know, you, thank you so much, Erica. Um, like I said, keep doing what you're doing. You are um, inspiration. I can't wait to see you soon. Keep uh, pushing the tracksmith. Uh, you know the the inclusive agenda and, and where you are and wherever else you your reach goes to, and you're the bomb. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you so much, Erica, for being on the show. Thank you for listening. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Definitely subscribe, though, because the more subscribers we have or I have, the more I'll be able to continue to get really cool guests on the show. Um, please reach out to Erica. Tell her how much you like the episode. Uh, share it. Tag her tag the run eat sleep show follow her follow the run eat sleep show subscribe to this podcast yeah man you guys are the best thank you so much keep running keep being smart keep being healthy keep making the world a better place peace out